0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's Picks for the Massachusetts Republican State Committee. Vote Tuesday, March 5th to keep the mass GOP alive. To see Howie's Picks, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on the banner.
1: Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice.
2: Grace Curley.
1: You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and The Spectator.
2: Especially Grace. Grace, stand up.
1: Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to The Grace Curley Show. I want to talk a little bit about the reaction to Joe Biden and his numbers in Michigan last night, because the mainstream media, including Joe Scarborough from MSNBC and John King from CNN, a lot of people very surprised at um, this what they're calling a warning sign from the liberals in Joe Biden's party that voted uncommitted because they are so upset with him over his stance, what they see as his refusal to call for a ceasefire in Gaza. Now we are gonna talk about that. I do want to talk about Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade because Terrence Bradley, the lawyer, the divorce attorney for Nathan Wade, and the former law partner of nathan wade he was on he was uh on the stand yesterday and he had previously said that he had attorney-client privilege turns out judge mcafee said no you don't and there was one moment that i think is worth playing where he's presented with evidence and he mutters to himself oh dang and it was caught on the hot mic or not the hot mic but it was caught on you know we have the audio and jared said it's pretty good like we can hear it right So we will get to that in just a little bit. But I have to get back to this Kelly Gertz because I played a few cuts that are damning for the mayor of athens Clark County. Um, But even so, I didn't even play, I don't think, the worst one. If you're just tuning in, you have no idea who I'm talking about. Let me give you a little refresher here because we're starting off a new hour. I think it's important to start from scratch. Kelly, Mayor Kelly Gertz, he's the mayor of Athens, which is where this horrible murder of Lake and Riley took place, University of Georgia, Athens campus. Uh, She was a nursing student, 22 years old. According to reports we're getting now, her skull was disfigured. She went for a morning jog. And when she didn't return, her roommate called authorities. And now we have a dead, a murdered 22-year-old woman. And the residents in Athens are outraged. And they're blaming, in part, Democrat policies. Now, just to give you a little bit of background on Georgia, because there's going to be a focus here. And what Kelly Gertz is trying to do is he's trying to explain his way out of being a sanctuary city by referencing these policies and, and really trying to find loopholes, Jared. Like, yeah, we were, but... We never actually were because Georgia doesn't allow us to be. And and it, I just go back to, I'm sure at one point, Kelly Gertz was very proud of these policies. Like, I'm sure he was very proud of his stances on illegal immigration. And now you have this man who has no answers. He has nothing to tell these people. So instead, he's going to shrug off this and try to condescend and make these residents who are outraged feel like they're not smart enough to understand the complexities of the policies that were in place in Athens. Now, they're not having any of that. But as just a little bit more information, we should talk about Georgia because the Federalist has a piece out about Georgia and it says UGA murder outs Georgia as largely a sanctuary state. It is sadly accurate to say that much of Georgia is a sanctuary state. That runs contrary to what Gertz is telling us. Believe it or not, Gertz might not be telling us the truth. Many local officials contribute to the state's illegal immigration by violating the state law they have sworn to enforce in declaring an illegal sanctuary policy. Shortly after taking office in 2021. This is just one example. But again, I think it shows you how the same people now who are saying, well, technically we're not a sanctuary, they were banging, literally banging drums over it when they were implementing it first. Now nobody wants to take the blame for it, nobody wants to be responsible. What's that expression, Jared? That a uh, victory has a thousand fathers, defeat is an orphan. Nobody wants to go near these policies now. Nobody wants to be the person who uh, the 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 architect of all of this brilliance. But at one point, when they were all sticking signs on their front lawn saying "It has no home here," and they were railing against Donald Trump, at one point this was all something to be proud of. How times have changed. So, Democrat Cobb County Sheriff Craig Owens invited a mariachi band to celebrate his announcement to end the county jail's life-saving 287 agreement that authorized ICE to delegate to state and local law enforcement officers the authority to perform specified immigration functions. So at one point, Craig Owens, the Cobb County Sheriff, had a band come, a mariachi band, to celebrate... His decision to end this policy that was going to allow ICE to delegate some of their duties to state and local law enforcement. The invited crowd of newly empowered anti-enforcement activists funded by corporate Georgia went wild with gratitude. So just keep that in mind as you're hearing from all these people now who are trying to say, well, we're not the ones to blame. And at the time, Trump was in office and everything was real, and he's really bad. And they're singing a totally different tune than they once were. So take a listen to Kelly Gertz. I think this might be his worst cut of all of them. Can I get, because there was a bill that was passed in 2019 and this is his reasoning for it. This is cut 17.
1: I want to say that we center our work here in athens Clark County in people's humanity and part of everybody's humanity is the expectation of human dignity. While 2019 was not that long ago, you might remember the dynamic we were living in in the late teens in this country where you had the president of the United States speaking in the most vile terms about people who were foreign born. And you had that notion oh, metastasizing in places like Charlottesville.
0: This is an invasion. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's really it takes a bold man. It's a bold strategy. Is bold the right word? It takes a bold guy to stand up there and, rather than show a little humility, or at, at the very, at the bare minimum, just say what you're going to say and leave. But to lecture the people there about how you're somehow morally superior. And you want to lecture them on human dignity? Lincoln Riley's dead. Her skull was disfigured. What part of this is humane? What part of this is supposed to make me feel all warm and fuzzy inside? What part of this do you come out looking like the better person or the bigger person? Or the more compassionate person? Because you think Trump had mean tweets? And so that that's what's going to save you in this circumstance? Why don't you take your speech on human dignity and you try that with Lake and Riley's parents? See, see how receptive they are to hearing your takes on human dignity and vile rhetoric. And their daughter, 22 years old, nursing student, had her whole life in front of her. and Now she's dead. But you want to sit there and you want to lecture us on how you're a really good person because you were anti-Trump. Which, by the way, was the most popular, easy road to go in 2019 to be anti-Trump. You weren't exactly a renegade Gertz, you weren't exactly uh, the only one but talk about gall well that's really despicable
2: and the point he was making about how donald trump said vile things about people he said people are coming to this country and they're committing murders that is literally what happened and i know that's beside the point that's not the but that is literally what happened here and to use like, oh, violent rhetoric. No, that, that it's violent reality.
0: Oh, you mean the rhetoric that's been proven right time and time and time again, that every day that goes by ages better and better and better? No, Jared, you just said that's beside the point, you, but it's not. You're You're actually right on the money to bring that up, because sometimes you get so used to pointing out how moronic and vile these Democrat politicians are, like this guy Kelly Gertz, That you forget the fact that the entire premise of what they're saying is based, it's a false premise. They're lying right from the beginning. And so you're right to point that out. Because then we're going off this idea of, oh, he said vile things, so this is why. Well, let's start right there. No, he didn't. Can we get, as Howie says during Hate Mail Monday, can we get a citation? And a lot of their arguments right now, it's like like I I watched this video. Now, follow me here. I watched this video, right? And it was a student talking to a teacher and asked about J.K. Rowling and said, you know, J.K. Rowling, asked something and then and said, almost as a fact, J.K. Rowling, even though she's been uh, anti-trans or, you know, has said things against trans. And the teacher, the professor, stopped the student and said, what did she say that was anti-trans? And then the, the kid asking the questions, he sounded like a young guy, he then had to cite he said, well, people say, no, 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 what what did she say that was anti-trans? And then eventually this person finds the tweet or the comment that sparked this whole anti-JK Rowling movement in this country and across the world. And he has to break down, why is that anti-trans? And the conversation keeps going and going and going until finally this young person realizes, oh, the entirety of what I'm basing my argument on was false from jump. There was nothing true about it. But I brought up this argument to this person as if that was established. Like, that was settled law that J.K. Rowling is anti-trans. And so you're right. Sometimes you have to dig down even further and go, not only is it incredibly insulting that you're trying to virtue signal to a group of people who are trying to get answers about a 22-year-old woman who's now dead because of these policies and because of this savage, but also... The, the entire premise of your argument is flawed to begin with. So I think that's a really, really important point to bring up, Jared, and I thank you for doing it. 844 500 Let's go to Gina. You're up next on The Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Gina.
3: Hi. Um, so this is not even recent. This was like maybe eight years ago. I was in Atlanta on a business trip. With, a, with Actually, a trade show with a bunch of people from my office. We were setting up a trade show. It was men and women, and they, they told us First of all, when we were checking in, we were across from Olympic Park, and they said, do not, under any circumstances, go into Olympic Park after dark. Uh, one of the guys in our group did not listen to that. He went through there. He was mugged and beaten because he didn't listen. Um, and we were leaving one night to go. We had tickets to the Patriots game. Um, And we believe in me and the other two women. And the people at the front desk insisted on taking our information because we were leaving alone at night in case we did not return. They needed to know who was missing and who to contact in case we did not return. And that was eight years years ago, Gina? In Atlanta, yes. I have never in my life traveled anywhere that (laughs) said that to me. I couldn't believe it. But they they were dead serious because we were single women leaving at night. They wanted to take our information in case we did not return. So they know it's crazy down there. They know they, like I said, specifically said do not go into um, Olympic Park. The guy didn't listen. He was right away mugged and beaten. So they know exactly what's going on down there. Don't let them tell you any different. Well, I think Kelly
0: Gertz and and the rest of the Democrat of, officials know what they're dealing with in, in a lot of these places, and they just don't seem to care. But you know what else I would I would go back to here is like Kelly Gertz. He's the exact kind of liberal that, and it cracks me up. He thinks that if push came to shove, if he was in Olympic Park or if he was being mugged or if he was jogging one day and somebody came in to 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 hurt him, that he could say, "I stood up against Donald Trump's vile tweets in 2019." I don't get the sense that this this illegal alien cared very much considering he murdered this girl in cold blood. I don't think he was too concerned about her politics or her her human dignity. I don't think that even crossed his mind. 844 When we come back, we'll take more of your calls. We got a lot more to get to, but thank you for the call, Gina. I appreciate it. Um, you know, I love driving home and this is my favorite there's so many great parts about omaha steaks but one of my favorite parts is now i drive home jared you know i used to do this all the time i used to stop off at the grocery store what would i always say in the green room what am i going to do for dinner tonight guys i would i would run it by everybody now it's such a mental load that's just taken off my mind that i can drive home and i can just decide whatever i want to have i've got it ready to go thanks to omaha steaks if one night i want to have a cheeseburger great one night I want to have a hot dog, awesome. If one night Will wants to have chicken and I want to have pork chops, everything's individually wrapped and everything's delicious. And you can decide based off how you're feeling that day. You don't have to plan out your whole week on Sunday. You can fly by the seat of your pants a little bit. And a great part about this right now is at omahasteaks.com. their semi-annual sale is here. You can get 50% off site wide and save on mouth watering favorites today. Plus, if you use code GRACE. So if you go omahasteaks.com slash grace, omahasteaks.com slash grace, you can get an added bonus of eight free Omaha Steak Burgers. This is an awesome package. Go to omahasteaks.com slash grace. Shop the semi-annual sale. You can't beat 50% off. Oh, wait, you can because you're also going to get eight free Omaha Steak Burgers with select packages. That's omahasteaks.com. Don't forget slash grace. We'll be right back.
1: You're listening to The Grace Curly Show. This is The Grace Curly Show.
0: And while we are focusing on Georgia because of this horrible murder of Lake and Riley, I should also mention that this stuff, I saw Bill Melugin. He's the Abercrombie and Fitch former model who the White House really hates. And that makes me even more of a fan. It's not just that he's the only journalist who's actually covering what's happening at the border and he's always there, but it's also the fact that the Biden administration hates him because he does such a good job. It's like CBS firing Catherine Herridge. You're going to get in a lot of trouble these days if you try to do real journalism and so Bill Malugin, he always is posting stories about illegal aliens, Godaways, and Chinese nationals and all these things. And I saw that today he was posting one and he said, I can't I can't keep up with how fast these stories are coming out. But keep telling me how the statistics show more American citizens. And by the way, the quickest way to dismantle that argument is to say, yeah, but I can't deport American citizens. Like that, that's, that's the crux of what we're talking about here. Illegal aliens have already committed a crime. So we know right away that if you come into this country illegally and then you commit crimes. And by the way, when you're talking about this case in, in Athens, this guy had committed crimes before, before the horrible murder of Lake and Riley. So talk about plenty of reasons to not have someone here. Plenty of strikes where we could have said, okay, maybe you're not the best person to have in this country. But here's another story for you. ICE Boston agents arrest Guatemalan child sex offender after Massachusetts court released him. ICE Boston agents have arrested a sex offender who was recently convicted of child sexual assault after a Massachusetts court reportedly let him go despite federal agents filing an immigration detainer against him. This is... This is the part of it because um, you can talk about how, OK, illegal aliens are coming in and Melnia Cass is a good example. And you have these young people who use that recreation center for track practice or, you know, for social things. And suddenly those residents are getting pushed aside for illegal aliens. That's one thing. And I'm not saying that's a good thing. But to give people special treatment even if they're sex offenders, just because they're here illegally to be like you being an illegal alien gives you such a different level of special treatment that it trumps you being a sex offender. That's not what we're dealing with in Massachusetts. 844 500 Let's go to Nick. You're next up on the Grace Curley show. Go ahead, Nick.
3: Hi. In the
2: unfortunate murder of that girl at the university of Georgia, um, the DA, um, who was elected, Deborah Gonzalez, had no criminal background, uh, cr- excuse me, no criminal, uh, attorney activity background, if you will. No prosecutorial, uh, anything like that. So, the problem is, she's had a bad, uh, a term so far, and that, uh, many have left working for her, okay? She claims, uh, well, the pay wasn't enough, but people who left said no. We, we we were we were, pay, we were we were paid fine, but we did not want to stay here. She has uh, done the typical thing that we see this happening everywhere from the federal level uh, to the uh
0: Sorry, Nick, we're running out of time, but we'll come back to this on the other side. Don't go anywhere.
1: live from the Aviva Tratria studio. Welcome
0: back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. Thank you all so much for joining us, and I do apologize to Nick for cutting him off there. That's not, not part of my brand. I try not to do that. It does happen occasionally. But his overall point, about elected uh, politicians or DAs or anyone in positions of power not knowing what they're doing and kind of just infusing this ideology into their work and then the subsequent reaction from people who are working for them who say, I don't want any part of this. We've seen that happen, especially in New York. You have Alvin Bragg. You have you have plenty of situations where... ooh. That was spooky. That was strange. You have situations where you have these um, liberal DAs and they just refuse to enforce the law. They refuse. And actually we had, just last week, we were talking about Arizona and how, I'm not sure if it was the DA in Arizona or if it was just, but Alvin Bragg wanted Arizona to extradite somebody back to New York for a crime. And this person had committed crimes in Arizona as well. And they basically said, no, we're not sending, why, why are we going to send him to New York so you can let him out by lunch? No, we will make sure that we, that that we're able to uh, send him to you after, after we take care of what he did here. And we will hold him in custody until then. But everyone's getting sick of this kind of hamster wheel of people going in or this revolving door of people going into prison not even going into jail for like two days or two hours and then getting out and recommitting committing offense after offense after offense i talk to toby leary about that all the time because a lot of people want to come after lawful gun owners and toby's like how about we just enforce the law and people who commit bad crimes have to pay some sort of consequence for that it's, it's not that crazy of an idea. 844-500-4242. Okay, so Jared keeps telling me, Grace, don't forget, we've got the Terrence Bradley sound. Let's play it. So this is for people who are just catching up here. Terrence Bradley is the former law partner of Nathan Wade, who is the former lover of Fannie Willis, who is hopefully going to be the former D.A. of Fulton County. Do I have that right? Now Nathan Wade's former divorce attorney and law partner was heard muttering "Oh dang" to himself when presented with potentially damaging evidence against his ex-client's relationship timeline as he took the stand in Georgia District Attorney Fannie Willis's corruption trial on Tuesday. Let's play this because Merchant, who's the lawyer, who's a Trump lawyer. She had corresponded with Bradley before about Fannie Willis's relationship with Nathan Wade and when it started. And he was asked if it started before he became, before she appointed Wade Special Prosecutor. And I believe his phrasing, Jared, was he said, absolutely. That was the word he used. Now, absolutely, you're not leaving yourself a lot of wiggle room there. He didn't answer um, let me check my Google calendar or let me think or not sure or, you know, I'd have to look back. I'd have to... Absolutely was the response. So then he's presented with these texts. Let's take a listen.
2: It was two pages of text messages between you and Miss Merchant, correct? Correct. All right. Now, the first page... Starts off by saying, "Miss Merchant, like just date, don't hire him. Do you think it started before she hired him? You see that?
0: Oh, dang. I I just got to say, I think one of the more frightening parts of these whole things, besides the fact that this trial, that that they're trying to put a former president in jail they're trying to hamstring a former president so he can't win a re-election they're trying to interfere in this upcoming election which the magnitude of that is hard to even put into words but besides that if we're looking at this and we're taking the Donald Trump out of it what scares me is that all of these people are lawyers and I'm really it's for, for me it's really uh, eye-opening as far as, you hear lawyer and you kind of automatically put a level of trust there or like a level of intelligence associated with that with that career path. And you have all these people who, I don't know if they, they don't understand that text messages can be recovered or that leaving a paper trail isn't a good idea. But he seems to be in disbelief that they have these texts. And they... Again, they're not text messages that he had with some random person that they uncovered. They're text messages with the lawyer involved in this case who's trying to prove the timeline. Do I, Is that correct, Jared?
2: That is accurate.
0: It's not like, oh, Terrence Bradley texted his cousin about Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade, and we happened to find this conversation. The, the conversation was between him and this merchant woman. So you'd think he would have a little bit of an idea that it might be brought up again. But based off the, oh, dang, he was taken by surprise. Also, I'm just I'm getting word from some sources of mine that Jackie Heinrich from Fox just announced that Biden's going to come out later today and talk about how there were more murders when Trump was president. Than there have been when he's president. And I just got to say, this isn't, you know, I'm not a political consultant. I've been trying to get into that game for a long time, unsuccessfully. But I just got to say, read the room. Read the flipping room. Someone send Joe Biden, Kelly Gertz's press conference and be like, you don't want to do this. This isn't the road to go down. Kelly Gertz is saying, well, if you look over at the town next door, we, we have less crime than they do. And Joe Biden's trying to say, well, if you look at the other guy, it's like, just take a beat here and let's think about what we're saying. You are not convincing anyone that you're the good guy in this situation. If this is the only logic that you have or this is the only strategy that you're deploying, it's really, really pathetic. Uh, 844 500 Now, there is another topic. I'm trying to decide here if I want to save it. Or if I want to go for it right now. I think I want to go for it. I've been asking, Jared, and I'm not here to put you on blast in front of the world. But I've been asking you time and time and time again to get me an invitation to a climate conference. And your excuse is always something pathetic. Like, oh, we don't have a private plane or... I don't have that contact for that climate summit and I'm just getting really sick of it. But then I thought to myself, well, maybe it's harder to do than I imagined. Turns out, Jared, there are these conferences, these climate summits like once a week, once a week. So I think you have, have had ample opportunity to get us an invite. Even if it's like you have to kind of lie and say that we're not who we say we are, there's got to be a way here. And the reason I bring this up is because there's an excellent story today. It's in The Federalist. And it's by Daniel Turner. I love this story. The only thing I'm mad about when it comes to this story is that I did not think of it myself. Climate cultists will do anything to save Earth except stay home. This it's was- the only
2: choice for somebody like me.
0: <laughs> you know when I first thought of when I read that headline? I thought of how liberals will do anything to spite Donald Trump like they'll wear a mask for four years they will uh, put ridiculous signs on their front lawn they will allow um, just they will allow people to come into this country illegally they will pay $15 for a smoothie just so they can say there's no mean tweets like they will do everything but they draw the line at watching CNN Like, every time I see the ratings from CNN, I go, that's the bridge too far for liberals. That's the point where they say, not even I. Not, I can't stomach it. And the same goes for the climate. These people want to save the earth so flipping bad. They want to tell you that time is ticking. We only have so many, I think at this point we're at, what, like six years based off AOC's calendar. But they're not willing to stay home. That's, that's where they will draw the line. So let me just read you a little bit here from Daniel Turner. Climate activists, entire, entire raison d'etre, is ending fossil fuels. They claim fossil fuels are driving climate change, ergo, we must eliminate them. Strangely, though, to reinforce that position, anti-fossil fuel hypocrites use more fossil fuels than your average person. Use more fossil fuels while forcing others to use none. It's a central tenet of the climate agenda. Last November, 80,000 people gathered. You know who wasn't part of this anti fossil fuel UN climate conference in Dubai? You're looking at her. I was not there. The 28th of such conferences, which grows in size and scope each year, lasted more than two weeks. That's airfare, hotels, cars, whining and dining, all for a reduced footprint. This reminds me of kicking Trump off the ballot, like we have to kill democracy in order to save it. We have to kill the planet with these climate summits where we eat beef Wagyu pops and fly around and stay in hotels and travel the world in order to save Earth. Two weeks worth of meetings and not a single panel to admit the hypocrisy of the anti-fossil fuel crowd as they use the very fuels they bemoan. There are dozens, if not hundreds, of global climate conferences. I'm going to read you a couple of them, okay, Jared? And you tell me which which one sparks the most interest. Which one should we ask, Howie, if we can get the day off for? The Second Nature Higher Education Climate Leadership Summit in Long Beach, California. You're a California guy. It might be nice for you to revisit your roots. I
2: love Long Beach. A little trashy.
0: The Climate and Clean Air Conference in Kenya.
2: I'm going to pass on Kenya.
0: The International Financial Reporting Center Sustainability Conference in NYC. Ooh,
2: another tough one. We We could visit our sister. Yeah. Got a place to crash.
0: The Aspen Ideas Institute. Where do you think that is?
2: The principles of detection tell me it's in Aspen. You'd
0: be wrong. It's in Miami Beach. Oh, and yeah. while we're traveling to Miami Florida, pretty nice. the European Conference on Renewable Energy is holding its March conference in Orlando.
2: Oh, Orlando. That's fun. We could be Disney adults like Taylor.
0: March. Now we're into March, okay? We'll bring some of our fearless climate change activists to the World Impact Summit in France. I would love to go to France. I think that'd be really fun. Um, other people are going to attend the Climate Chance World Impact Summit in Colombia.
2: Also a hard pass for me.
0: The 8th International Conference on Climate Change in Sri Lanka. The 16th International Conference on Climate Change, again, in France in April. The World Conference on Climate Change and Global Warming in Madrid. The 4th International Conference, oh, it's just a baby, (laughs) on Climate Change and Sustainability will be in Paris this July. I'm circling that one right there. Sorry,
2: so there's three conferences in France, but not back-to-back-to-back. Well, that no, seems
0: wasteful. You want people to have to travel back and forth and back and forth because that's where you see who really cares. The Conference on Global Climate Change and Sustainable Development in London. So for me, it's coming down to Paris or London. I'll let you decide.
2: There... I've, I've been to London. I liked it. I have not yet been to Paris. So let's do Paris.
0: Ah, oui, oui, Paris. Okay, I'm putting it down on the list. It says there are summits in every nation. Every month from now until the end of time, which, again, six years from now. So for the next six years, before the world ends, we've got a lot of traveling to do. Not one of these is virtual. Not one of these conferences is a Zoom call. During the COVID pandemic, people stayed home, houses of worship and workplaces were closed, And our children took classes remotely because science told us human contact and proximity was a risk we could not take. Climate science tells us human use of fossil fuels is driving the crisis and the end of the world. Yet climate science enthusiasts refuse to wear the metaphorical mask. Man-made climate change is an unproven theory, a hypothesis that merits scrutiny and rigorous academic investigation. We get hysteria and profiteering, a maddening display of deeply unscientific activism that cheapens science and sows tremendous doubt in the public discourse. Yeah, what of all of the paint throwers, the Campbell soup people, the blocking traffic brigade, what of all those, or how he calls them, the hippies, what do they think of this? This is like the Oscars every other day, but it's just even more boring than the Oscars, which trust me. That in and of itself is hard to do. How dare you? These are very expensive, boring conferences that accomplish nothing so people can talk to each other about how, what have you been doing to save the planet? And what have you been doing? And I'm sure they go over like their private plane setup too. I'm sure Megan and Harry, while they're going from person to person talking about how much they care about the Earth, they also say, by the way, your private plane next weekend, is it available?
2: You're still in a Gulf Stream?
0: (laughs) (laughs) John Kerry's schedule's packed.
2: To the back of the Wagyu line with you, sir.
0: We have a lot of, uh, look up a private plane to Paris, by the way, because we're not going to, I think if you fly commercial to one of these summits, you're automatically blackballed. Like they want nothing to do with you. So we're going to need a private jet. Recently, a Grace Curly Show listener, Candace, called into the show. She was telling us how much she loves her thunderstorms. She had two thunderstorms. And her furnace was serviced afterwards. The smell of oil was lingering in her home. So she turned on the thunderstorms and she watched the magic happen. The thunderstorm eliminated the funky odor. I did not say it covered up the funky odor or masked the funky odor. It eliminated it because this is what the thunderstorm does. And the best part, Candace's husband, who wasn't really a believer, he was skeptical. He finally understood what she was talking about. One of the great parts about the Thunderstorm is that it isn't one of those flowery plugins that tries to cover up smell with more smell. If you want to get rid of the smells, you want the Thunderstorm. And you want the three-pack special. So here's what I want you to do. Go to EdenPureDeals.com, check out the three-pack special, enter code GRACE3 to get the three-pack. That's EdenPureDeals.com, code GRACE, and the number three. We'll be right back. We'll do the poll question, and we'll take your calls. This is The Grace Curly Show.
1: You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is The Grace Curley Show.
0: Joe Biden is set to speak about the spiraling crime crisis soon. I'm sure there's not going to be any protesters like the mayor in Georgia had. The mayor in, um, Jared, I'm blanking here. I have this sound. Card. Athens-Cook County. I'm sorry, Athens-Cook County. Kelly Gertz. I don't think Joe Biden's going to get the same reception from the crowd. I'm sure they've told them, hey, everybody on your best behavior, Nod, smile. Let's get this over with. Today's poll question is brought to you by Perfect Smiles. Don't be fooled by imposters with similar names. If you're unhappy with your smile, you need to visit Dr. Bruce Houghton in Nashua. Call 1 844 a Perfect Smile or visit PerfectSmiles.com. Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far?
2: Today's poll question, which you can vote in at gracecurlyshow.com, is The House GOP has subpoenaed the Biden her transcript. Will they get it?
0: So the House Republicans, this is also from the Federalists, subpoenaed the transcripts, notes, video and audio files of interviews between President Joe Biden and special counsel Robert Herr, who concluded the commander in chief was too senile to face federal charges for retaining classified documents from his time as a senator and vice president in several non-secure locations. I think the word he used was feeble. Was that the word feeble? Oh,
2: this is going to sound wonky.
0: And so now the Republicans want the transcripts. They, I think they want to be able to prove that Joe Biden uh, is the one who brought up Beau Biden, even though he reprimanded Robert Hur for having the audacity to bring that up. I'm going to say no, they're not going to get it. Because typically the trend here is if Republicans ask for something, it can just be refused or rejected and there's no consequences.
2: 83% of the audience agrees with you that no, we will not see the
0: transcript. Why do I have a feeling? If I had to guess what Biden's about to say, he's going to bring out a bunch of numbers. So that's that should be that should be good stuff right there. We know that's a strong suit, and I just have a feeling he might blame the other guy. Don't go anywhere. Corn pop was a bad dude.